What's up, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a new episode of Phoenix Down, where we resurrect games from the past, games we may have missed, games that we love, and we bring new life to them. And uh, tonight, I have with me my partner in crime, Matt Quinn. Hello. And a very special guest this evening. Uh, everyone knows him from the <laughs> N4G podcast. He is a legend of himself. <laughs> a legend of his own making. Yeah. Uh, the very own Jason Gambus Khan Gambrell. How you doing? Greetings, programs. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Doing really good. And tonight, Excellent. Excellent. Tonight, we're going to play a very special game. A game that I've actually been fearing playing uh, due to the epicness of it and the length of it. Um, a classic role-playing game uh, made by Squaresoft called yes. Xenogears. So before we even get into the game itself, what I always like to do at the beginning of these shows is kind of talk about our history with the game. What we what we knew about it, what if we played it before, what we remember about it, and and why we're coming back to it now. Um, we'll start off with uh, our special guest, Jason. Jason, what's your history with Xenogears? Okay, um, the first time I heard about Xenogears was um, way back in the day before Final Fantasy VII came out. Uh, there was a demo disc um, where you got to play the the opening prologue to Final Fantasy VII. And uh, one of the trailers was for this mysterious game called Xenogears, and it had mechs in it, and it seemed like it was an RPG. And I was I was really curious about this game. And then um, I, I remember hearing rumors that, that 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 it might not even come out in the United States due to some kind of controversial uh, religious material. Yeah. So you you did play it when it first came out, though. Yes, I uh, I picked it up right when it was released. Um, I still own the same copy of it today, in a practically mint condition. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing is, one thing about myself is when I buy games, I, I try to keep it as in good condition as as possible. Yeah, me too. I I like to keep my games looking nice, and I don't ever trade them in, especially if it's. A well-regarded RPG like this. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, I got this curse, I guess you could call it, um, Gamers ADD, where um, I'll get really into a game, and then I'll see something else, and I'll be like, ooh, shiny, and like kind of forget about what I was playing before and just start playing something else. Um, that's Sadly, that's what happened with Xenogears, uh, twice I probably played the first time I played Xenogears. I played probably till about maybe close to halfway through, and then the second time I played it from the beginning, I actually got probably about two thirds through the game. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this third attempt will be uh, <laughs> will be the kicker. Yeah, third time's the charm. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So, uh, 
Matt, how about you? I already know, but I'll ask you anyway. Well, so I'll say this. Before the PlayStation 2 came out, I played approximately two RPGs in my whole life. And that was about half of Final Fantasy VII and most of Legacy of Kane, if that's even considered a real RPG. Yeah. Action RPG. Yeah, so that's the extent of my experience with pre-PS2 RPGs. I love them now, but I, I don't know why. I just never played them when I was younger. I never played a single 16-bit, 32-bit RPG. It just wasn't something I was into. Um, so my first experience with Xenogears was in college when one of my buddies was getting rid of all his... P- and he dumped off a bag full of PS1 games, and Xenogears was one of them, along with about a dozen other RPGs. And I was like, huh, these are great. I'll probably never play them, but I'll take them. Uh, So I have the disc somewhere. Sadly, I don't have it out here with me in Chicago. So I was happy to spend the money on the PSN version of it, although I wish I could pop my disc in. It's nice to be able to play it on the uh, PSP on the go. Yeah. Yes. Um. I'll go ahead and just get into mine. Um, I was a huge role-playing player when I was a kid. In fact, this game came out October 20th of 1998. Uh, Technically, it was four days before my birthday when this game came out. So I was 12 years old when this game came out. (laughs) Um, And at the age of 13, I bought it. I had heard about it, knew about it, everything like that. this was before Gundam, whenever I got big into Gundam. So I didn't really, mm. I wasn't really familiar with mechs. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, in fact, I wasn't really familiar with anime at the time. Uh, not until Toonami started bringing over a lot of stuff. But um, it, it always stood out to me because I knew Square. You know, everybody knew Squaresoft. That was the name in the the mid to late 90s, if you weren't playing a Squaresoft game, you didn't know what video games were. <laughs> that's that's That was how it was. Um, at least for me and all my friends. Yeah, apparently I was one of those people then. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, you know, Final Fantasy VII was a huge, huge game for me. And um, a lot of people said this was like an alternative to Final Fantasy VII. It was, you know, it was kind of like the next big hit, you know, uh, especially from Square. Um, I did pick it up probably about f- a couple of months after it came out. Um, it was one of those, you know, it was one of those times where I only got one game <laughs> every six months, maybe. Um, but uh, I did pick this up, um, and I played through it. Um, if you were to ask me, can you tell me what happened in this game? I have no idea. So you played through it in its entirety? I played through it in its entirety. I do remember beating the game. There were very few games when I was a child and an adolescent where I didn't finish them. Uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII, I beat that game probably about five times. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Xenogears, I, I know I beat once. I don't think I've ever played again. In fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Xenogears came with some kind of collection like a final fantasy collection or i may be getting my wires crossed i can't really remember um it, it was uh it was just a standalone title yeah it never it, but it, they never like you know how they have final fantasy anthology 
Yeah. And stuff like that. And I remember one of them came with Chrono Trigger. And I want to say one of them came with Xenogears, but I can't remember. I may be completely wrong, and I'm sure people listening to this will say you're an idiot. But I want to say it came with a with a with uh, some kind of a bundle like that, but I can't ever remember what it is. Um, oh. But yeah, that's... Um, that's basically my history with it. I mean, you know, that was in the heyday of JRPGs where, you know, in the, the late nineties, God, that was, that was all anybody played, you know? Yeah. And, um, I was, I was really big into them and I was a big fan of Squaresoft at the time. Uh, truth be told, Xenogears was never really my favorite. I've never really felt nostalgic for Xenogears, mm-hmm. uh, much like I felt for Final Fantasy seven, but I remember it and I remember you know, playing through it. It's just, I can't remember the story or <laughs> what happened or set pieces or anything. I just remember you're in mechs and sometimes you're out mechs. And that was about it. But anyway, so I guess we can go ahead and get into a little bit of the story and uh, the setup here. Yeah. Um, I was actually impressed. I, first, I should say I'm playing on the PSB, which I think everybody else is, or playing on the Vita at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm playing on the Vita. Okay, Matt, you're playing on the PSP. Yep, I'm with you on the PSP. Okay, um, the first thing that popped into my mind is, man, that screen is really small. <laughs> because I was like, man, is there a way to enlarge it? Which I found there is a way to enlarge the screen. Yeah. Um, I, I had to look that up. But I kind of zoom in a little bit on all these PS1 games. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that. This is this is actually the first PS1 game I've ever played on my PSP. So, um, but the, the opening cinematic, I, I, do, I do want to mention that that is freaking impressive Yes, for, for its time. And even nowadays, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's strange how they, they, they did almost anime mixed with uh, CG and they did it really well. It's something like something you might may see in like a studio Ghibli or Ghibli kind of, uh, thing yeah it, it reminded me of um some of uh the i don't know if anybody's familiar with the uh the anime studio gonzo um they did a anime at that around that same time called blue submarine number six. Oh yeah blue sub six i remember blue sub six yeah yeah it, it came out uh around the same time so it ha- had kind of a similar animation style you know a, a mash of you know traditional cell animation with the cgi gotcha hmm. it's um but it, it was very impressive uh truth be told i have no idea what's going on <laughs> yeah uh, that was, was my impression of it it looks nice but i don't know what the heck i'm looking at the uh there's an admiral of a uh, spaceship that's um, humongous it's gigantic um, yeah it's being seized against the uh, other ship, I guess, and it's going down. There's people leaving in escape pods, and the captain decides to go down with the ship, and um, that that's that's pretty much the opening. Yeah. Um, it lands, though. It, it crash lands on a planet. Yeah, and a, uh, a nude girl stands up. Yes. And it's like, okay, what the heck is this? Um... Another interesting uh, thing about the, um, the the ship scene is um, it implies that there's something within the ship 
that's causing this uh, this catastrophe. Um, they see these words going across the screen. And the thing is, I've watched the opening cinema to this game like many times when I when I uh, was playing it on PS One. Sometimes I would watch the opening scene because I I love the opening cinematic, and uh, these words come across the uh, the screen of their of the ship's computers, and 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 the words are um, "You shall be as gods," which I th- I thought was just kind of weird and creepy, and for a split second when you're watching the cinematic for a split second it only shows it one time, you see some kind of like organic looking creature for like two frames. Interesting. Kind hmm. of implying that some kind of biological entity has kind of taken over the ship. And uh, that's, that's why the captain decided to go down with it. And it seemed like the ship itself started becoming sentient by uh all these wires started attacking people and, and the, uh, the cannons on the ship started to shoot at people trying to escape. So it just, it seemed, it, 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 it implies, it doesn't come out and say it tell you, but it implies that there's some kind of internal being that, you know, is for some reason causing trouble and uh, is killing everybody. The um the the one thing to mention here, and this is this is part of the story, is that this cinematic we really don't know if it happens now or if yeah. it happens in the past, mm. because there's a lot of things that happened in the past in Xenogears. Yeah, that apparently there are no records of. Yeah, yeah. I like how there's a lot of hints of. Of, of what this world is and there's a lot of talk even as early as we are in the game about you know there's there's these previous eras there's the current era there are some links between some people know what happened some people know more than others and you know i don't know where that spaceship scene fits in but you know I, i'll be interested to see what happens with this idea of god because that's come up quite a bit already yeah they um they they've brought it up into multiple things. So the, so some of the past that that we know happened was um, most a lot of of the Earth or a lot of the planet. I don't know what planet this is, but a lot of the planet is actually covered in in sand and um, uh, buried underneath the sand was where they find these gears, these mechs that um, were obviously used in some type of a war. Um, uh, they excavate them. And they, they bring them back and they um, they use them. They use them in, for both military and civilian life. Um, and, well, and it's a race to get them because there's this war going on. Yeah, yeah, there's this big war going on between two countries or two continents, I guess. Um, and truth be told, I really don't know who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. Maybe I'm yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, it, this early especially we don't know. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. It's um one of them is the I don't know how to pronounce them. Somebody yeah, I was waiting out. for one of you two. <laughs> <laughs> I've read it a whole bunch of times, but I don't know how to say it. Well, let's see here. I gotta actually look at them in front of me. Um, I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing stuff. So <laughs> one of them starts with an A. Ave, mm-hmm. ave, 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 
Um, and the other one is uh, Kislev. Kislev, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say the story starts in Kislev. Yeah, I think you're at your uh, your town is the Lahan village, and I think that's on the near the border, but on the Kislev side. Yeah. And so we play as this character. Um, cut to the 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 trope that has always been used in JRPGs, yeah. an, an amnesiac named Fei. Who would have thought? <laughs> Fei Fong Wong is his name, <laughs> which is a very ridiculous name. Yes. Um, he is a young uh, guy uh, who is um, passionate about painting. Yep. Um, and uh, he came to Lahan Village, Lahan Village, um, uh, about three years ago, um, and couldn't remember a thing. Uh, they claimed that he was brought by a masked man. A masked man carried him to the village, and basically just left him there. Uh, they also said that the masked man was heavily wounded. It looked like he was probably going to die. Um, and the, the opening scene has him, uh, basically f- painting a, a war scene, um, yeah. that just so happens to be a precursor to what happens later. It, it seems that way. Yeah. I don't know if he, if he has like, like I'm, I'm thinking, does he have the ability to like, you know, predict the future or something or. Oh, I want to say it. He probably didn't even know that. It seems like it's subconscious to me. Because yeah. it seems like he's getting influenced by the man inside him. Yeah. Yes. So he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he came from. In fact, he doesn't really know how a lot of the world works anymore. Right. And I think most of the people in this village don't. Yeah. Right? They, I mean, they... Well, I mean, they're, they're kind of sheltered. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. they live in... Somewhat small huts and things like that, and uh, away from most technology. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but uh, he's been taken in by this, I guess, village elder, and um, they are all preparing for a wedding. Um, a wedding for I, I can't remember the two's name, but they um, are they're Timothy friends. And Alice. There you go, Timothy yep. and Alice. They are both um, uh, friends of uh, Faye. Uh, they uh, they've known each other. It's it, they they almost act like they've been childhood friends forever. You know, that's how. Yeah, except that's, he just got there. Yeah, except he got there three years ago. So, it, it but it but they give off that impression that they've known each other forever. Well, also that there's something between Alice and Faye. Yeah, like they they totally should be the ones getting married, but uh, he couldn't do that to Timothy. And uh, so they they have the whole little, you know, in most typical RPG fashion, it's the, oh, you know, this guy has a life and, oh, don't be late for this. And, you know, it's, it's always something that they're getting ready for. Yeah. yeah, seems like it Some always event. happens. Yeah, it's either you wake up late for something special, or you something bad happens. Oh, 
Um, and uh, and it, it wrecks the special event. Yeah. Or uh, or you, you don't remember anything. So it's a combination of two of those. <laughs> um, he doesn't wake up late. So, um, but yeah, Faye, he, uh, he sent to, um, to the doctor. To, the crazy uh, doctor on the hill. Yeah, the crazy, <laughs> or, or as Matt put it, pedophile doctor on the hill. Oh. I'm pulling a little wait and see on that one. <laughs> you get a text message from him just randomly at like 10 o'clock at night. I think this guy's a pedophile. <laughs> I'm like, what? This is an RPG from 1998. So, um, <laughs> I don't even know where you get that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still blown away by that. I was like, he just seems like an eccentric doctor. Yeah, he just he was trying to hypnotize this little boy who... He said, like, go listen to my music box. And then <laughs> Faye, go, Faye walks in there, gets all hypnotized. He feels warm inside. And then the <laughs> comes down and starts talking about how there's a man inside him. And, oh, uh, my God. You know, maybe a uh, literal man will be inside. <laughs> I don't know. God. It's like a little more man. dizzy, a little more warm, pass out. I don't know what's going to happen up in that cabin. <laughs> Well, we I never... was not getting this vibe at all. Yeah, I wasn't either. This so... is a completely different interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so uh, he he goes to the doctor to I think I think it's to pick up something. Uh, I can't yeah, um, uh, camera equipment. Yeah, camera equipment because they're getting ready for the wedding. Um, and he goes to the doctor. Um, or actually, he goes to to the doctor's wife. Um, and his I guess his son. Um, and uh, they say, oh, he's out in his workshop. So he goes out to his workshop. Uh, can't really find the doctor, but he notices there's this gigantic looking, almost like a helicopter uh, surrounding the uh, the workshop. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor's actually up there working on it diligently. And uh, we were introduced to the doctor, uh, a man by the name of Saitan. I guess I'm pronouncing that right. Saitan? Saitan. Oh, I like that. What were you gonna call him? Chitin. 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 Saitan. It might. It might be Chitin. I was. I was just saying Saitan. I don't know. Anybody li- sounds cooler. Yeah. Anybody. Anybody <laughs> who's listening who actually knows the pronunciation, please let us know. But um, yeah, I, I'm. I'll call him Saitan. So um, uh, Saitan's working on this uh ro- robot. It's, it looks like a helicopter almost. Something that like, almost like a crane arm. That yeah. can grab stuff, but also yeah. fly. A spider helicopter. There you go. Pretty and, sweet. And um, uh, right away, you can tell this man is technically savvy. You know, he he seems to be a guy who's very intelligent when it comes to working with robotics and working on um, you know, just just mechanical things in general. He's a very deep thinker. Yes. And um, he's, you know, it's kind of like the middle thing. So where usually in games and in movies and things like that, you have the doctor who doesn't really say much um, and keeps to himself and only speaks whenever he needs to. And then you have the crazy kooky doctor like Doc Brown who says says everything he wants to. This guy's (laughs) kind of in the middle. Like he gives sage advice like the silent doctor would. But he also speaks a lot. 
Yeah. And it's not goofy or anything. It's just, you know, he just talks a lot. Um, but yeah, he takes you inside. Or he takes Faye inside. I keep saying you. Uh, but uh, he takes Faye inside the, the workshop, and he says that he found a music box. Uh, I guess, uh, in, like... Excavating? Yeah, excavating, looking for parts, I guess. Um, and it plays, and like Matt says, he kind of gets a little hypnotized. And I think I think he hears some words, or hears or, or says some words. I'm says not sure. some words. Uh, yeah. Well, he he said that um that the the melody reminds him of something from the past. Yeah. And the the music box itself, when it opens up, it's uh an angel statue that begins to rotate. And uh, this is pretty much the, the, the start of the religious symbolism in this game, um, which there's a lot of. Yeah. And um, it starts rotating. And the thing is, I actually I took a, I took a picture of it because um, as, I, I'm, as I'm playing the game, I want to take pictures of certain lines um, uh, th- that I find interesting and uh Saitan says something like um it might actually be better to live an ordinary life in this condition as a son of man uh that's almost a uh like a reference to uh Jesus almost or or God yeah the whole term son of man and also another thing that I found interesting about this picture, because instead of taking notes, I'm just you know I, I'm playing this game with my iPhone at my side, so I'm just taking pictures of certain things that I find interesting. The actual music box itself, if you just barely glance at it, not really look at it, you know, in detail, when it's opened up, it almost looks like an upside down cross, hmm. which is. Uh, I never even noticed that before until I took the picture and because of the uh, light contrast, it actually kind of has a shape of an upside down cross. I don't don't think it was really implied, but you never know. So kind of a mysterious visual. Yeah. With this game, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the religious symbolism is intentional or if it's not intentional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, it's clearly a large part of this game. Yeah. And this is also the first time that you get a sense that there's more to Faye than just a boy other than his amnesia. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the man inside him. <laughs> <laughs> so um on the way back from getting Oh, oh or, you, you forgot one part. Oh, I forgot a part. Tell me. About the music box? Yeah, oh, after it, it breaks. After, yes, it breaks after Faye la- leaves. And uh, uh, Saiten is like, um, this is not good. Is this a bad omen or something? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so after eating some of Saitan's wife's wonderful cooking, uh, he uh, leaves to go back to the village uh, with the camera equipment. Um, and on his way... Actually, he doesn't. He, he actually, uh, he doesn't. Yeah. Satan says he'll bring it down tomorrow because he doesn't trust him. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Which is funny because he only went up there because he didn't trust 
Alice's little brother. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but um, free dinner out of it, I guess. There you go. So on his way back, he uh, he notices, or he didn't really notice. There's obviously some kind of fighting going on. Uh, he hears, I think, an explosion or and some really loud noises. And I believe uh, he looks over a cliff and sees that there's some really bad stuff going down over at Lahan Village. Yep. Uh, at this time, uh, Saitan shows up. He says, we need to get down there right now. So uh, they they go back to the village, and um, this is where the almost the recreation of the opening scene. Uh, of, of his painting? Of his painting, yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, him being in a mech, and uh, I, we never explained what, what the, the opening part was. It was basically him being in a mech fighting against some other mechs. Uh, Saitan telling him he shouldn't do this right now, and uh, he needs to leave, and uh, him fighting anyway. Um, so when he gets down there, he notices that the whole village is like in shambles and it's like on fire, and it, it's a disaster zone. And uh, there is a single mech fighting against about three mechs. Uh, the three mechs are shooting it with like machine guns and stuff like that, and uh, the other mech, which I, I like, I should mention now. Uh, the the mechs that you actually control don't use guns. You know, I've never really understood that about role playing games. None of them do. I, as far as far as I've got. Yeah, I mean, so far I haven't. But yeah, I mean, you're asking me. I can't remember this game, dude. <laughs> I just, I'm sure there's a mech out there that uses a machine. Yeah, gun or these something. bad mechs certainly do. Yeah. Um, just blasting people. And um. Uh, the let's see here what happens. Uh, the they get separated. Um, Timothy and uh, Alice get separated. Uh, Timothy wants to go looking for Alice, um, and he has Alice's little brother. Um, Saitan tells him, "Yo, you need to get out of the village right now." And uh, uh, Faye he notices that. Uh, the mech, either do, do we see somebody leaving the mech that he gets in, or is it already empty? Um, he, he sees a a vision of someone in the mech. Um, you don't see the character's upper face. You just see his just, uh, just his chin with this weird, evil grin on his face. And it, it, it kind of is already implying... That it might be uh, some kind of a, I guess, hallucination, or something even beyond a hallucination. Um, it, it's not really fully explained, but the the character looks similar to Faye himself, like maybe an older version of Faye, um, but you don't see his whole head; you just see his. His uh, his chin and his mouth. Yeah. But but he's got a. It looks like he's got a, a ponytail, and Faye's got a ponytail. Yeah. It looks like um the person is insane. It looks like it looks like somebody who is insane. Yeah. You know, is you know, just smiling, just maniacally. Maybe his alter ego. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, the 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 mech. But after that vision, after the anime cutscene, they had an anime cutscene right there. And uh, after that, do we see anybody getting out of that mech or no? No, we don't. That that mech is completely empty. Yeah, and uh, Faye just jumps right into the uh, the cockpit right after the anime cutscene where he sees someone in the cockpit. So it's kind of like, hmm. Yeah, maybe so, he, he wants to defend the village. Yes. Basically. Uh, he jumps in, and I think it, it automatically starts booting up. It starts, um, starts doing whatever he wants it to do. Yeah. Um, and I think he, he it almost feels like second nature to him, like he's done this before. Which is weird because they say it takes so much training to, to ever be able to use one of these. Yeah. And he, as far as he knows and anyone else knows, doesn't have that training. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at that point, Saitan's like, "What are you doing? You know, don't don't do that. You know, don't." It, at this point, I'm starting to think that Saitan knows more than he's letting on. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it, it's it's never really implied right here. It's just I'm getting that feeling. Um, but he jumps into the mech and we begin the 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 first battle with the mechs. I should mention we totally forgot about. I mean, the introduction to the battle itself, and the battle system. I want to say it, it reminds me of a game that actually came out that year, 1998. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever played it. It's called Legend of Lagaya. I played a little bit of it, yes. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that where you have different combos uh, to a button press and you can chain the combos together. Uh, uh, you know, you have light attacks for triangle, medium attacks for square, and heavy attacks for X. Um, they each use a certain amount of, I guess, Points? Are they? What are they called? Ability points? AP? Yeah, I, th- I, it's AP. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. AP. And uh, you know, d- different combos. You like, you can only do a fierce attack to begin with one time, while you can do a light attack, you know, multiple times. Uh, and doing different combinations will eventually fill up a gauge in the menus that leads to what they call death blows. Uh, death blows are these special attacks where you basically follow up with standard attacks and do some really powerful combos. Uh, there's a ton of them in the game and every character can learn them. Uh, you have to use a certain button combination a number of times and then they learn that ability. Actually, I'm kind of confused on that. Um, and I was hoping somebody could clarify. You, you don't necessarily learn the ability until a certain level, but you That's still... That's what I thought it was. Yeah, but you have to at least fill up the bar first in the menu. Once you hit that level or before you hit you that could, level? I think you could do it before you hit that level. It's just you can't use it until you hit the certain hit a level through experience. Uh, I thought it was just handed out at a specific level. See, I don't know how it works because there's the bar there, and I read on the fact it says, oh, you have to you have to use the, the button combos to fill up the bar, and then once it's filled up, then you learn the ability at a certain level. Hmm. I don't know how it works. Somebody can clarify that for me. I'd appreciate it too. <laughs> um but as of right now, I know like three death blows for Faye, I think. I really like the battle system. I like the battle system too. Um, you know, you can stop a, a combo right away if you want to. Um, and there, that, that actually falls into like a, an, another category where 
you fill up a bar during a battle uh, by not using AP, and uh, you can basically combo death blows together. Yeah. So it's um it's it's a very complex. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it's fighting game levels in complexity, but it's far more than I expected in this type of RPG. Yeah. Um, and there's also like um, I, I, magic abilities, I guess you'd say. It's you know, it's I don't know what they call them. It's just, uh, but they're you know they use uh, basically magic points to use. So you have to basically, it's a different bar altogether next it's, to your uh, points. It's kind of like uh, Goku when he throws uh, his energy balls. <laughs> this is true. He um he he does do a lot of kamehameha. Yeah, uh, and especially the robot. The robot really does a Kamehameha. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, cut to, we, we fought a few wolves and other things going up to Saitan's house, but this is the first fight we have while we're in the mech itself. And uh, it plays out a lot like you would outside of the battle, except there's, you use fuel, so every time you do an attack, it uses up a certain amount of fuel. Um, and your abilities... You kind of like automatically do a combo anytime you attack, and uh, each time you attack, it raises a bar for like attack level, and the higher the, the higher the bar, the more combos you can do, um, and your death blows carry over to the mechs as well. They just they they play out differently. Um, you can also use boosters, uh, which basically makes your time gauge fill up faster. So I should mention that it has an active time battle system. Much like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that felt very yeah. familiar. Yeah, that's totally Final Fantasy VII, um, where you have to let a bar fill up. Once it fills up, you can take your turn. Um, during that time, uh, enemies can attack if their, I guess, their time gauge fills up, even though we don't see the gauge. Um, but yeah, it uses an active time battle system. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, back to the story. We are in our first mech battle. Um, very simplistic. You have to fight two guys. Uh, it doesn't take much to kill them. You know, it's just. In, in fact, I was kind of confused as to what was the difference. You know, what's this fuel and stuff? Because it didn't. It tried to explain it, but I was like, okay, I'm not getting this. I'll learn it later. <laughs> and um, but we took out those two guys pretty easily. And um, we get another cutscene where. Uh, Faye sees um, Alice. Uh, she, was Faye the one that gets killed? Uh, I know they both get T- killed. Uh, T- T- Timothy gets killed. Yeah, Timothy's he, he, going after Alice. Yeah, he he gets uh, shot. Yeah, yeah gun, gunned right down. Yes. And it's very, very graphic for a T-rated game. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it shows them fucking bullets shoot going through them. But uh, he gets shot. Faye sees this and kind of just goes berserk. Yeah. Um. This this game, um, Xenogears, it it is it's heavily influenced by a lot of a lot of mecha anime, where uh, like Mobile Suit Gundam or um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And uh, one thing that the all three of these have in common is the scene where the main hero. Um, sees something really traumatic, which triggers this moment where they tap into a 
like a higher form of themselves. Yeah. Where it basically unlocks a hidden power. Like with Mobile Suit Gundam, it's the uh, the new types, the, um, the the next stage of human evolution. With uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, it's the Evangelion itself that has a uh, connection with uh, Shinji. And uh, with this, it is uh, Faye's inner, you know, Bang. his inner self. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's this also taps into the 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 gear or the mobile suit or whatever you want to call it the the mech itself it taps into this energy and the, the you know I, i've never watched evangelion I've, I've watched one movie um but i know a lot about mobile suit gundam um and um uh, it always seems like the the mech becomes a part of them yes you know it's yeah. it's, it's always this is an extension of my own body and uh, you know when you tap into the the power source that is the mech, you know whether it be just you know batteries or something like that, or in the case of Xenogears, possibly spiritual uh, power. Mm. Um, and uh, when he sees his friend get gunned down, killed, he he goes a little berserk. He goes a lot berserk to the yeah. point where. <laughs> An explosion <laughs> comes out of the mech itself and basically engulfs the entire village. Yep. Uh, in that process, killing multiple people, including Alice. Yeah, which is such a downer. I remember, I remember like the first time seeing this scene. I'm just like, really? No way. You know, yeah. I, it, it just seems like especially for a T-rated game at the time. I mean, granted, I mean, it, it's probably because the, the, graphical, the graphical fidelity of the game, you know, isn't as, you know, detailed as like a Resident Evil or something like that. But the act, like what just happens in this few minutes in the game is like mass murder, you know, like people being vaporized, people being shot, killed, you know, it's... It's horrific. Yeah, I was I was really surprised to see all those people die, especially Alice, after they spent the time to set up that little love triangle in the beginning. Yeah. I was like, well, clearly, you know, something's going to happen to Timothy, and I'm going to have to go save Alice, and then five minutes later, she's dead. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was... That, that I guess kind of, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> that was a very strange turn of events. Um, you know, I, I like, I, I kind of vaguely remember that from whenever I played it as a kid, but... Um, even now, whenever I watched it again, I was like, "Man, they you know they totally set up her to be a love interest yeah. for Faye." Yeah, which that's totally what I thought was going to happen. And I thought, "Oh, she'll be a party member later on," you know, or kind of like Eris. Yeah. So uh, you know, in Final Fantasy, I'm going to keep doing a lot of Final Fantasy VII crossovers, just because I mean that's the best way I can convey my thoughts. <laughs> cool. But um, so yeah, but they they totally just murdered. A ton of people in that village. Uh, yeah, uh, and it cut to uh, that. See, it happened at night, so cut to I guess early that morning. Faye wakes up, and he's surrounded by a few villagers as well as Saitan. And um, he looks at the wreckage that had happened, and slowly begins to remember, "I did this." And if he, he doesn't remember, he is 
very quickly reminded by Alice's little brother. Yeah, uh, Dan. Dan, basically yeah. saying, you did this. You killed my sister. And is it me, or uh, does Dan look like he's got a receding hairline? Yes, he does. <laughs> As a six-year-old kid? <laughs> yeah, even though he's a little he's a little kid, but it looks like he's got a receding hairline. <laughs> but um, Interesting. <laughs> so um, at this point, he, he, he looks for Saitan for a little bit of guidance, and Saitan tells him, you know, you really need to leave. Like, there's really no, like, consoling or anything like that, you know? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, this is not really a good time. You know, and Faye's like, oh, I really want to, you know, help rebuild, you know? I mean, I want to go in there and see if we can find survivors and stuff like that. And he's like, you, you need to go. And, of course, the other villagers kind of start gathering the pitchforks, get this monster out of here. Yep. And so Faye's like, all right, I'm leaving. So he heads off to the forest. Yeah, and it seems like most of the survivors are just children. Like, like two-thirds of the survivors are kids, and then there's like, just like a couple of adults that survived. Was, so, the, was the village elder in that group? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, they didn't single him out, for sure. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, the, the man who, quote-unquote, raised him the past yeah. three years. <clears throat> that's another one that, that we could have brought up. But, um, so Faye, uh, basically turns and walks away and he heads off to, um, the forest. Uh, I can't remember the name of the forest itself. Let me scroll down here. Black moon, the black moon forest. Yeah. Uh, very, very large forest. Um, and this is, this is where, some of the level design and just the fact that of how old the game is, this game, it, it kind of got to me a little bit. Yeah, this was an interesting part of this game. I mean, not only, like, so as soon as I started this game, I was just, the very first thing I did was try and push some buttons. <laughs> and when I saw that there was a jump button, I was like, what? Why is there a jump yeah. button in my RPG? Yeah. So, between... The requirement to jump and sometimes run and jump, and then some of the weird things like in this forest part where you have to like rotate the camera around mm-hmm. and like figure out where I was going. I was like, "Wow, this is this is not at all what I was expecting in this game. This is almost adventurey, yeah, like Tomb Raidery, you know, exploration type thing, trying to figure out where I'm going." Yeah, it's a, it's it's a very very different take um, compared to once again Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Where Which it, is the only one that I have any context with in this, basically, in this time period of RPGs. Yeah. So, at first, I was like, oh, this is cool. I can rotate it around. Like, this game is so so much more 3D. It's so much more of a world instead of just, like, a flat 2D plane that I'm walking around on. But, you know, that's got its pluses and its minuses. Yeah. But then you get lost in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially with that grayish, blackish color palette. Yeah. If you're playing it, like, I, I had to play this part in the dark because I had a light on and I just couldn't really tell what I was looking at. Couldn't tell what was foreground and background. Mm. And uh, I had to, like, turn all the lights off so that I could really see every single thing that this game wanted me to see. And, you know, for some reason, 
Um, actually, I know the exact reason. Because I put so many hours in the Crimson Gem Saga, I keep hitting the right bumper to run. And all <laughs> that's doing is rotating the camera and fucking me up even worse. <laughs> and I was like, God, oh, I can't remember it. So I just have to remember to just, like that's for rotating the camera, not for running. But it's um, but yeah, the, this this was the uh, the first time where I was like, man, okay, this is this is one of those three D games where it's going to be difficult to to find stuff. And another another uh, uh, I guess test of time, uh, random battle encounters. Yes, Ugh. lots of them. Lots of them. There's it's the bane of my existence. I will say that's probably the single reason I didn't play RPGs. In the yeah. PS1 days, the uh, random battle encounters—it's it does get rough. But there is one good thing, <clears throat> like I mentioned on the last Phoenix Down, I'll mention it here. Uh, compared to Crimson Gem Saga, this is <laughs> awesome. Because in Crimson Gem Saga, when you got into a random battle, you better friggin' run. Yeah, but you could escape them. The thing that kills me here is that if I'm lost. The last thing I want to do is be bothered every four seconds when I don't even know where I am or where I'm going. Yeah. So, like, if I know where I have to go, that's fine. You can space it out, you know. You can make me take longer to get there by having to engage in all these battles. But when I'm just, like, backtracking left and right and left and right and every five seconds I'm getting attacked, it's, yeah. it's rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Welcome to the old school, dude. <laughs> you think that's bad? We should play Legend of Dragoon. That game, I swear, every two steps you're getting into another battle. <laughs> but um, so we go through the forest. Um, had to do a, a few, a little bit of log jumping. Um, yeah. Jump on a couple of logs, stuff like that. We have to fight a few guys. Uh, it's it's not really that big of a deal. Just trying to find my bearings was was kind of the the big the big deal. Um. It's a pretty small area. Yeah, it's not actually that big. It's just, you know, there's two logs you can walk on, and they, they both kind of cross each other. And so you can kind of easily get turned around if you jump on the wrong log and stuff like that. But eventually you, you run into this gigantic boulder, I think. Yep. Yeah, you push it out of the way, and it opens up a new path. But right after pushing that boulder, we get another anime cutscene. Uh, Faye is about to continue down the path when... He hears somebody behind him yelling him to him to stop and, and don't move. And it is a woman holding a gun to him. Uh, this woman uh, dressed in a military outfit. That's uh, one thing that Faye notices right away. And um, she appears to be lost in the woods as well as Faye. Um, this point... I'm trying to remember what happened. Damn it. Basically, they get their conversation, and she says, uh, you know, I'm here to kill anybody on the... On the, the surface. On the surface. She calls she calls them lambs. Lambs, yeah, lambs. yeah, yeah. She brings up the, the lamb thing, and how they she's basically from the underground, and she is superior. The shepherds. Yeah. I think they said... Is that the term they use? Shepherds and lambs? Yep. Yeah. Which is also a uh, judo-Christian terminology. Yep. Yep. It made me immediately think of the time machine. The Morlocks and the... Yes. Aloy. Aloy. 
That's a good point. And the the underground people preyed on the above ground people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she um, she doesn't trust Faye, even though Faye is. At this point, he's basically just got a death wish. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't care. And he's like, look, I just lost everything I ever knew. Go ahead and shoot me. I don't care. And it kind of blows her away. She doesn't. She's like, what's wrong with you? And of course, she's she she had they have this big moment where she basically blames him for all the bad things that happened in Lahan Village. Yeah, well, because he starts off blaming the mechs, and then she gets defensive and tells him, you know, you can't blame it on, you know, it was your choice to get in that mech. Yeah, which do we find out a little bit later that she was the one that was in the mech? Uh, she was, she oh. was in one of the mechs, but I don't know. I don't know which which one she was in. It was kind of it was kind of hard to decipher. I thought she was in the one that Faye took. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought she was running from those guys. She she stole the mech and was taking it back to her base. It it could have been. It could have been. And um. She noticed that she was surrounded and just kind of hightailed it out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was my understanding of the situation. Yeah. So, it's, which is why I was asking at the beginning, I was like, did Faye see somebody leave the mech? See, I couldn't remember if they, they actually showed somebody leaving the mech, whether it be her or just like a shadowy figure leaving it. But she, um, what what, what ends up happening is they, they have a boss fight. Uh, yeah, you, she runs away. Yeah. She, and, she, uh, she, yeah, she, she gets scared because this, um, you get, you, you fight these elves first. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's like these two elves are, it's like a mandatory fight. We have to fight these two elves, which these guys are pushovers. And then <laughs> you have to fight the, uh, <clears throat> this gigantic dragon comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, before, before the, the, uh, the monster fight, when, when the elves attack, uh, Faye says to the elves, "Get get away from, um, what's her name, e- Ellie? Ellie? Ellie, Ellie." He says, "Get away from Ellie," but she had not told him her name yet. This is true. Yeah. So, does he kind of know who she is? Does she kind of know who he is? Um, maybe, maybe not in this life. But maybe in another. Yeah. Before. Yeah, it's all like subconscious. Yeah. Like I, 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 again, I wouldn't say that he knows that he knows who she is. Yeah. He's, he's not aware that he knows who she is until he says it. And yeah. I, don't, I don't even think he even brings up the fact that he knew her name. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of it just kind of came out, and he just thinks it's normal. And, and also, um, she has a dream in a anime cutscene. Where um, she's in a hallway of bloody bodies. Was this after the fight? Um, it, it was. It was actually right before the fight because um, I just uh, that's kind of where I am in the game. I just finished the fight with the uh, the monster. Okay. And it, and it happened right before the the monster fight. Okay. When she she wakes up from from her dream. And then uh, she gets attacked. 
So yeah, okay, all right, that makes sense then. So we we well, we we start the fight with the dragon, and um, you and your fists versus yeah. a dragon. You and your, <laughs> yeah, you and you and your martial arts versus this gigantic dragon. Uh, don't do any damage to it. Um, at first, I thought this was one of those fights where you're supposed to lose. You know, God, I hate those fights so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Because you end up spending the health potions and stuff thinking that it's the real deal. Exactly. My God. Crimson Gem Saga was guilty of that like four times. Yes. Oh, man. I'm talking about one uh, undeniable knock against that game. Oh, my God. And I was like, you, know, you never knew. It was just random fucking fights sometimes. I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> should, should I seriously use a potion or no? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, so, uh, uh, after a couple of rounds of, of not doing any damage to it, all of a sudden Saitan shows up in his little helicopter uh, uh, arm, crane arm. And in the arm, or in the hand itself, is the mech that he used to destroy the village. And he says, here, use this. He drops it, and I guess without even thinking... Or actually, no, he actually, he mentions, he says, you want me to use this? You know, it was like, you want me to actually get in this thing? Yeah. And he's like, you don't have a choice. So he jumps into the mech. And, and we he go, says something like, promise me if I go crazy, you'll take me out or something. Yeah. 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 So he, uh, we go into the next two, I guess our real first boss fight. Yeah, uh, it seemed like that. Yeah. Wasn't too difficult. Seemed like the the dinosaur or dinosaur the dragon kept missing every every time it every time it tried to hit me with its tail for some reason it would miss I'm like okay whatever so I just unloaded on it just punched the crap out of it plus I love dragons but a dragon versus a mech's not really a fight no <laughs> especially this fight. dragon that looks more like a frog than a dragon is <laughs> a giant frog. Yeah. <laughs> So we uh, we take it out, and uh, Saitan, he shows you know we 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 get out of the mech. Saitan's there. Uh, Ellie shows back up. Nice of you to join us. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we have the uh, you know we 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 do the whole everybody okay yeah okay and all this other stuff and uh, this is where we find out that Ellie was the person in the mech. Because she starts talking to Saitan. They're, they're resting for the night. Uh, and Saitan and her have a discussion while Faye is asleep. Talking about how she felt bad because she was basically defending herself whenever he started saying that it's all the mech's faults and the people who came. And, and she, you know, she felt bad for making him feel bad. And it's just, it was this whole, this real big, just going around in circles. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I was like, I know where this is going. Just kind of get along with it. And uh, Saitan's Saitan does a lot of you need to leave. And so, because yeah, he, he made failure. And now he's telling her, he's like, you know what? Won't you just go ahead and leave before he wakes up? And she's like, okay. <laughs> and so she just leaves. <laughs> Which um. There's really no talk about it. I think face like where'd she go? He's like, oh, she left before you got up, and that was it. He's like, okay. 
So we, we travel on. Uh, Saitan says, you know what? We kind of need to get out of this forest. Um, I think something big is about to happen. He does mention that. And uh, he says, me and you need to go to uh, this city out in the desert. Uh, mainly uh, for two reasons. One, I think w- we can probably get some information there, as well as parts for this mech. Yep, it's all banged up. Yep, because that dragon did number on us. So we uh, we leave the forest, go into the world map, and about two seconds later, go into the desert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this world's not that big, it seems like. Um, and uh, we go to the um, to the first town. Uh, that is on our adventure. Um, now, Jason, I know you haven't made it past this part. Yeah. Um, Matt, how far do you want to keep going? Uh, it's up to you. I made it to the end of the stalactite cave and got pounded by a boss. And, okay, uh, so I'm at that boss right now. I haven't okay. tried it yet. Whew. Man, he wrecked me. Okay. But- that's a ways away still. Yeah, that's 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 a good ways away. Um, I mean, we can go through it pretty quick for a lot of this, or we can just save it. Oh, uh, that's, that's up to you. Where, where are we running at right now? Uh, running at about an hour. I'll tell you what. Let's 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 at least go through the town itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the town. It, this is where you first get your first glimpse at what it's like to for people to be constantly excavating these gears and different weapons and mechanical things. Uh, Faye actually sees it going on. He just, he's kind of in awe. He, he's like, this is what these people do. I mean, this is, this is kind of crazy. And Saitan's just, you know, he's taking him on a tour kind of thing. Oh, this is what happens. This is where that we get all the mechs and things like that. And they're, they're basically just digging in the sand. Um, but we need to go find some uh, some parts, replacement parts. At the Ethos Workshop. Yeah, the Ethos Workshop. Um, which we'll talk about the Ethos a little bit later. Because um, I do want to do some closing statements with my experiences so far. But um, we, we go to this place. Um, there's a couple of mechanics there working on some mechs and things like that. They say, well, we don't have those parts here. You're going to have to go... Some other place. It's the um, God. What was it? It was. It's one of the 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 country's bases or something like that. Because it's a military machine. Yeah, they say they only have the stuff for civilian. Yeah, gears. They, they yeah they only have civilian gear stuff, and ours is a military one. Um. So um, we go back into uh. We go back to the the main place. There is. Um, I should mention I, I did go to the bar. I don't know if you went to the bar, Matt. Yeah, because Satan tells you to go to the bar. At he, the do, one point. he does tell us to go to the bar, and um, there, there's kind of a a scuffle going on, I guess, um, with a with a character. There's there's a couple of guys standing there. I think they're arguing about something. I can't really remember what it is, but there is also a, a like a very large guy standing there. Am I crazy? What am I thinking? I really think I, I think I'm getting me and my D and D session mixed up. Yeah, I I don't really remember that. I just kind of walked in there. I thought there was a save point there, and then I left. 
I want to say there was somebody at the bar talking, but this, wow. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this may very well be something that I did in my last D&D session. So, I can't remember. There was a bar fight somewhere. But anyway. In some bar, there was a bar fight. Yeah, either in this game or in my tabletop game. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, so, anyway, what happens is, Saitan says, well, I know where to go to get these parts. Um, I'm going to have to run a buggy. Just so happens there's a buggy there. We go inside and talk to the guy, and he's like, yeah, I'll rent you the buggy. Apparently, we don't need any money to rent the buggy. We yeah, pay just take it. it. Just take it. Trust keys, you. Keys are in it. Cool. Trust you, stranger. So, uh, Saitan says, I'll be back in a little while. Uh, just, uh, just relax. <laughs> he drives off. Not even two seconds later, people start talking about there's bandits yeah. and pirates. Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. definitely shouldn't let him go off by himself. Yeah, that's that's probably not a good idea, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's bandits and pirates out there, and we hear that there's a lot of them coming right now. And so he's like, "Oh crap!" So we need to we need to follow after him on foot into the desert. And uh, I thought, you know what? We'll, we'll just leave off from there. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good place. We're gonna we're we're chasing after Saitan. Into the desert, bandits, pirates, other things may happen. We don't know. I know, but <laughs> we'll talk about it later. So you, you too will know next week. Yes, you will know next week. We're gonna we're gonna plow through this. I, I am determined to beat this game. Uh, Same but, here. But uh, the 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 final thoughts or, or some, a couple of things I do want to bring up. The I, I know we, we've already mentioned that there is a lot of Judeo Christian crossovers here is it's, it's kind of strange i mean you you'll get a lot of it a little bit later once you make it to the caverns mm-hmm. um uh, which you know I, I won't really get into deep but it's kind of bold how how they how they do this stuff because it's 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 very i mean very controversial especially for a time when you know a lot of people were thinking video games are inherently evil yeah see it, it like a, in 2013 it doesn't seem that ridiculous but 1998 standards and for a video game i think you're totally right yeah yeah i'm not, a, I'm not really surprised that this game had trouble coming over here but it's it, it's very interesting how they how they do the, this cross um it it feels like they they've taken things specifically out of the bible itself and then put a Xeno gear spin on it. Yeah. Um, uh, like, for instance, uh, just uh, going back to that opening cutscene with the giant spaceship, I mean, that to me was almost like a arc, if you will, for, like, humans. Yeah. You know, it just... It seems like, you know... Um, like... Maybe the, the the creators of this game are trying to go for like a a biblical interpretation, but more on a uh, a galactic scale instead of just um, you know on Earth. Kind of a fantasy sci-fi version of the Bible, almost yeah, like a retelling of it, almost. Yeah, you know that you, you bring up a very very good point about that arc stuff, how it's it's basically transporting humans, because later on, uh, 
Faye actually gets into a conversation saying that they basically say that there is no, uh, you know, there there is no trace of human existence on this planet up until about ten thousand years ago. Yeah. And so, and that's oh man, that's a very good thought. Wow, this game's freaking deep. <laughs> for 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 a game that that you know that well, I like to to stat tracking and oh, you're in these gigantic mechs and. Oh, Final Fantasy guy with gigantic sword and machine gun arm. I mean, it was just you know that, that was yeah. juvenile at first glance. Yeah, I mean that's you know it, it, you know truth be told the the graphics look a little cartoony, but I mean you can't really help that because it was the PlayStation One and you know it, I mean of course back in back in 1998 I'm sure those were like you know realistic looking graphics. These are you know this is some of the you know realistic stuff you know. I, Ninety eight was also the year Metal Gear Solid came out, so yeah, which that was yeah. a rev- that was a revolution. That that game revolutionized gaming for anybody that was playing back then. But um, yeah, it's I mean it's a very interesting uh, story, and it's it's one I think is left up to interpretation uh, in a lot of ways. Did you hear about the um, the whole Xeno Gear Xeno Saga? type of uh debate on uh continuity no i thought i i originally thought that xeno saga was prequels to xeno gears yeah um it's it's rumored because the people that were with square um basically left square after they made um well i mean the the, the development team behind xeno gears um they left square and they founded a monolith software and then they made a uh, Zeno Saga episode one, and the ho- the whole Zeno story um, was originally supposed to take place over six games, and Zeno uh, Gears in the continuity, the overall continuity, is supposed to be game five out hmm. of six. Yeah, interesting. How many did they make of Zeno Saga? Two. Uh, three. Three. Okay, three. Um, I, I, uh, I, I actually beat episode one. Um, episode two, I only maybe got about a third of the way in because I thought the, uh, battle system was horrible. <laughs> and I heard that Xenosaga episode three was actually pretty good, but I never got around to, uh, purchasing it or, or play it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, they had some kind of like save transfer too, right? When you beat Xenosaga Episode One, like you could uh, transfer the save. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think uh, the only thing it really uh, transferred over were certain uh, key items and uh, like souvenir slash items and weapons ah, that gotcha. that were kind of like um, would help you out in the next game. Gotcha. Okay. That's very interesting. I knew that there there was other games that was supposed to be in this this series, but I didn't know it was going to be that epic of a tale. Are those all on the PlayStation Two? Yeah, all the, uh, Z- the Xeno yeah. Saga games. Yeah, the the Xeno Saga, the Xeno Saga series is a uh, PS Two. Yeah, and, and they also made a um, anime of Episode One Xeno Saga Episode One, 
um, which is all right. Uh, the game, the game's version of the story, I think, was much better told than the anime, but the anime was okay. Hmm. Very interesting. It's, it's you know, I, I'd always taken it for granted because I never played the Xenosaga games, and um, I just, you know, for for some reason, once the PlayStation Two hit, I just kind of fell off. Like it, for the longest time, I used to get the Xenosaga games mixed up with the Dot Hack games. Oh, because there was a million okay. of them, and they were all different yeah. versions and and episodes and stuff. And I was like, huh. But yeah, that, that two totally different games. But um, yeah, this. I'm. I mean, what do you? How are you guys feeling right now? You are you enjoying the game pretty much? Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's it's a kind of a trip down memory lane. Um, and on on top of that, it I uh, I I see a little bit more things behind the scenes than, than I did when I originally played the game. I think uh, because I've just matured in, you know, the way I see story structure and things like that. Yeah. How about you, Matt? You liking it? Uh, yeah, I'm really liking it. I mean, pretty much from moment one, I was really liking this game. Uh, the world is clearly expansive, although, you know, the portion of the map we can see doesn't make it look like a very big world. There's clearly a lot going on with these different factions and in longitudinally throughout history that clearly there's a lot going on and then whatever there may be in the future or with the spaceships and stuff. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of story there. I don't know how, or there's a lot of backstory there. I don't know how the actual story of the game is going to play out. Yeah. Uh, but the world certainly seems rich enough that, you know, there, there are stories to tell in it, and clearly if there's six games worth of story, you know, some story's been told. Absolutely. And then on top of that, I want to say that this game is, looks a lot better than I expected it to, because I'm used to Final Fantasy VII, again, as my really my only point of comparison, and those characters were so blocky. Yeah. And so, like, you know, each fist was a cube. Yeah. And, like, they were so disproportionate, and here, they you know, they look reasonable. The cutscenes look really good. And the fact that the worlds are 3D and I can move around in them and rotate them, uh, you know, even though that introduces some of its own issues, it really makes this game feel a lot different than Final Fantasy in that respect, in terms of the way I'm exploring it and the way I'm interacting with the world. It's, it, it just it makes what I remember of Final Fantasy to feel very, very flat. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens and you know, despite the oh, he's an amnesiac. It seems like there's some interesting things with his history that I'm, I'm interested in figuring out. Absolutely. Well, I'm also enjoying the game. I um, I like I said, I'm determined to finish it. I really do. Um, even if it takes some grinding, we'll find out. And something about the feel of it, it is really scratching my itch of wanting to play a PS1 game. <laughs> oh, there you go. I know for the longest time you wanted to do what a uh, Vagrant Story. Yeah, Vagrant Story is pretty high on the list of classic RPGs I'd like to hit sometime. Oh. But um, yeah, I think that uh, that, that we can wrap it up right there. Um, just uh, our um, regular stuff. Uh, please, if you would leave us an iTunes review, it greatly helps us. Um, we um, 
We will definitely read it on the show. It can be good or bad. Just give us your feedback. Uh, you can send me an email at uh, frustratedfury at ztgamedomain.com. You can tweet to us. Uh, I am at dmlfury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. And Jason is at GambusCon. Uh, you can suggest games to us. You can tell us if we're playing this game completely wrong or if, uh, if you want to give us some predictions or, or give us some hints. You know, uh, I know um, Jay helped us out with Stalker a couple weeks ago, letting us know about the uh, complete edition. I greatly appreciate that because if you hadn't told me about that and I hadn't installed it, I wouldn't have finished that game. So, um, and I know he's really excited about hearing us talk about this game. So, uh, I hope, I hope you enjoyed. But, um, yeah, I hope everyone out there enjoyed. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, the second episode of Xenogears. The, I don't know how long this will probably take us. I'm thinking probably five episodes. But you know what? We may take even longer. This is our show. We can do whatever we can do. Whatever <laughs> take as many damn episodes as we want. <laughs> exactly. And we will make you wait for them and ask for them. So, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to leave it with that. Um, we will come back next week to uh, see exactly what Zaitan is up to and uh, see if um, the bandits actually come and attack him. Arr. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we will leave you with that. I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I am Gambus Khan. And we are the, out of the here. The one and only. The one and only Gambus Khan. So, <sighs> Got to get that right. But anyway, we are out of here. We'll catch you guys next week.